This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information, go to Believerstogether.com. We're in the Gospel of John, chapter 19, and we're picking it up in verses 35 through 37. Where, as we left off last time, we were speaking about the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. Not just here on the cross, though we certainly see that occur, but throughout his ministry. Over 300 prophecies, in fact. And as we mentioned last time, that number is beyond any mathematical probability. The number is really staggering as the odds are really presented. Let me read you something from Josh McDowell's book, The New Evidence That Demands a Verdict. He says, Contemporary critics of biblical prophecy nominate psychic predictions for equality with Scripture. There is another quantum leap between every psychic and the unerring prophets of Scripture. Indeed, one test of a prophet was whether they had ever uttered predictions that did not come to pass. Those whose prophecies failed were stoned, a practice that no doubt gave pause to anyone who were not absolutely sure the messages were from God. And amid hundreds of prophecies, biblical prophets are not known to have made a single error. A study of prophecies made by psychics in 1975 and observed until 1981 showed that of the 72 predictions, Only six were fulfilled in any way. Two of those were very vague and two others were hardly surprising. Uh, The United States and Russia would remain leading powers and that there would be no world wars. The People's Almanac did a study of the predictions of 25 top psychics. And the results are of the total of 72 predictions, 66, which is 92%, were totally wrong. An accuracy rate around 8% could easily be explained by chance or general knowledge of circumstances. In 1993, the psychics missed every major unexpected news story, including Michael Jordan's retirement, the Midwest flooding, and the Israel-PLO peace treaty. Among their false prophecies were the predictions that the Queen of England would become a nun and that Kathy Lee Gifford would replace Jay Leno as the host of The Tonight Show. Likewise, the highly reputed predictions of Nostradamus were not that amazing at all. Contrary to popular belief, he never predicted either the place or the year of the great California earthquake. Most of his famous predictions, such as the rise of Hitler, were vague. As other psychics, he was frequently wrong, a false prophet by biblical standards. Again, all of that's from Josh McDowell's new evidence that demands a verdict speaking about the accuracy of scriptural prophecy and what that means to us as Christians. Going on in verse 38 of our text, it says, After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked of Pilate that he might take away Jesus' body. Pilate gave him permission, and he came, therefore, and took away his body. Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred Roman pounds. So they took Jesus' body and bound it in linen cloths with spices as the custom of the Jews is to bury. 
Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. In the garden was a new tomb in which no man had ever been laid. Then, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was near at hand, they laid Jesus there. Now this story of the Joseph of Arimathea is a very interesting story in my opinion. For this Joseph, you see, was a rich member of the Jewish council. The Jewish council, they were the powers that be even during this Roman occupation. Now Joseph, it seems, was, well, a closet believer. He knew the truth, but had, at least up to this point, operated from a position of fear. I think many of us can relate to such a heart, whether we would admit to that or not. Joseph apparently was now ready to go public, so he went to Pilate and he asked for the body of Jesus. Boy, I would have liked to have been a mouse in the corner for that conversation. What Joseph had now undertaken would clearly expose him to excommunication and quite likely severe persecution. Sadly, he had waited until now to commit himself. But you know what? God is gracious and God would receive him despite his failures up to this point. Joseph and Nicodemus, what finally woke these two guys up? I wonder if they were convinced through intellectual debate. Maybe it was the miraculous occurrences. But actually, I believe, for what it's worth, that it was the witnessing of the most powerful, life-changing issue of all. You see, they no doubt saw what Jesus had done for them on the cross. And seeing that and understanding that changes a man. This Nicodemus, he was another secret believer. He also was a member of the Sanhedrin and was the same Nicodemus who way back came to Jesus in the privacy of the night to ask him questions about his standing before God. It would be these two men who would together take the body of Jesus and prepare for burial with a hundred pounds of spices and would place it now in a rich man's tomb, according to the prophecy found in Isaiah 53, verse 9. The conversations between these two men that day, I think they also would have been very interesting to hear. You see, as far as they knew, as far as they understand, understood, it was all over. Yet in reality, it had all just begun. That was a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information on Pastor Tim Dodson or Believer City Church, visit BelieversTogether.com.